So which means Mackenzie Milton is going to come onto the field two years away from football recovering from the devastating knee injury after his amazing career at UCF. Back in the end zone again on third and five. That question might have to wait because there goes Jamison Williams to the house. Touchdown Alabama. Three tying run is at first the pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Deep right. Are you kidding me? Yo, 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 what's up everybody and welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, that's sports and beer. I am your host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats, here as always with my partner in crime, Mr. Big Ballin' Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? How much, man? It's uh, we're doing this on a Monday. We're uh, yes. we're already one day through the week. We had the, uh, you know, great Labor Day. I I know you had to work. I apologize for boasting this, but I didn't have to work today. It was uh, it was great. Starting the yes. starting the week off well. Heading out to Vegas on Thursday, so it's a yes, super short week for me. I've got two days of actual work, and man, I got a lot of shit to do in two days. But hey. It's it's all good because we're gonna be in Vegas having fun this weekend. So still watching a lot of football, man. Ah, uh, cannot wait. Those uh those circa big stadium screens calling our names. Yes, Love sir. How you so doing? obviously uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, obviously this is the NFL kickoff week. So I couldn't yep. be more excited. All my fantasy teams are drafted. We're good to go. Um, and we're re- and also we're coming down to the wire in baseball. And although it looks like my A's are out love of it. it, which we'll talk about later, um, you know, I love the game of baseball, dude, especially playoff baseball. So it doesn't really matter who's playing. I'll still watch it. So I'm excited yep. for that, man. And definitely excited to talk about a lot of that and a lot of NFL. We're going to be doing our – you know, you preview picks. If you uh, haven't heard APR, we did a lot. We basically, you know, went through every single team, Ben. Yep. They're over under win totals. So you probably have an idea of where we're going with our picks. Last week in APR, we kind of gave out our conference champions and Super Bowl champions, but we didn't really give a lot of thought. So we're going to get over that tonight. Yep. And of course, I'm drinking some good beer, Ben. Yep, absolutely. So for everybody else who, uh, you know, who this may be their first time listening to the podcast, or hey, it's been a while and you forgot, I'm going to tell you about it. So damn straight, we're drinking beer because we love beer just as much as we love sports. And we really want to get that kind of the beer world, that craft beer scene out there to all of you guys. Um, Because, you know, like you said earlier, what goes better with sports than beer and what goes better with beer than sports. Um, So that's right. We've grown a lot over this last year, um, you know, even the last few years of, of drinking beer, going from that uh, let's get shit-faced to, you know, actually enjoying the beers, seeing the different tastes, um, seeing the different types of beer and what, you know, what additions can do to the different beers. Um, so each week we're going to be reviewing, you know, usually two beers on the podcast. If we have somebody coming on special, then we'll, we'll get an extra one in there. But um, we're going to review it. We're going to give it a, a ranking out of five and, you know, 
again, this is just to get you guys out there trying new beers, going to your breweries, local beer shops, and and just checking out the beer game because it's ever changing. And since we're talking beer, I got to mention, just go to devour.com or download the Devour app, use promo code TAPROOM, get $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Uh, one of my beers tonight is is from uh, Tavour, and I'm I'm actually really excited about this one. It was big, uh, big can art. Well, both of my beers tonight are big can art beers, um, but uh, one I had to get when it came up and popped up on Tavour. But I want to hear about your your beer first because this one is a favorite of mine. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I'm ever <laughs> trying this. Uh, Firestone's one of my favorite breweries of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, I love 805. Like that's like my my go-to go-to like because it's usually everywhere in california so on tap um however in vegas not so much (laughs) (laughs) but i came across this uh first time i ever saw it it's a fly jack hazy ipa uh it's only 96 calories four percent so it's very light for a hazy ipa so i was like hmm interested to see what that one tastes like i'm not drinking it because it's low calorie so don't be telling me i'm looking at for my figure or whatever looking after my figure hey there's nothing wrong with that i just wanted to try this one tonight so That's, we're gonna but, sorry so we're gonna we're gonna see how it is and especially if it is a low cow beer because it's something that you can sip on you know what i mean and don't have to worry about eating a loaf of bread exactly and for the people who are out there who do want to wash their weight and their figure like there are options for you to drink beer which i think is the you know the great thing and it's that's better true. than like the Michelob that's uh or the yeah Michelob Ultra which is like 92 calories and you know there's a, there's a couple low cal beers out there that are not good um but uh this one you know the Flyjack is definitely a, a favorite of mine uh when looking at that low calorie beer because damn it why not want to watch your weight so that's true but mine mine tonight is not a low calorie beer this is a this is a hefty <laughs> one <laughs> this is a hefty this is a hazy double ipa it's coming in at 8.2 percent um this is from the paperback brewery um and they're in glendale california which is right outside of los angeles um this was a hundred percent um this is one was not a two hour beer but this is a hundred percent um can art beer i saw it and i knew that i had to buy it uh, it's called bunny with a chainsaw um and it's a it's a picture of a smiling bunny that you'd see on you know Easter time, holding a motherfucking chainsaw. So, um, you know, and, and it's uh it's got a little connotation here that it's his cuteness will cut you into pieces, but uh, so it's a hazy double IPA. It's brewed with Idaho Seven and Mosaic hops, and um, I was doing a little bit of research going into the brewery, um, you know, trying to find out a little bit of information, and it's I think it's pretty cool of how this uh this brewery paperback came into to context and there were two co-workers that kind of became friends through work um and they wanted something that they could do after work that you know would would pass time and make the day not seem as bad so they built a brewery in their garage got so good they knew all the sciences behind it and wanted to you know wanted to grow it and they outgrew the garage they wanted to sell it started their own brewery and it's been successful i think they've been around um i was reading since 2013 um oh, wow. so you know going on you know eight years or so right now and uh glendale you know, it's, it's a big one yep it is a big one nice man we're looking great so far 
the can art is dope too like it's awesome yeah it's definitely something i would see and be like oh i gotta try that yeah gotta try that all right so let's hop into some sports though ben and the first sport i think you know that we should talk about this week is major league baseball i know we are down to the wire on the nfl but i want to save that for later you know a little yeah. cliffhanger um and we got a lot going on with baseball. So your San Francisco Giants just wrapped up a series against the Dodgers in Ooh. which they took two of one. And they've kind of really had the Dodgers number this season. Um, it's close to 10 and nine over the, the 19 games, which I also can't believe that they've played 19 games this year against the Dodgers. But yeah, and I mean, the Dodgers have some issues right now. And I, I know they yeah. won today. They kind of broke out the bats right now, but. Dude, this is a team that's hitting less than 197 in the last two weeks. In the month of August, they were hitting 203. Yep. I mean, is a team that are you are you concerned if you're the Dodgers right now? Like, like what's up with this? Yeah. Going into no, the playoffs I, and playing this bad. I definitely am because we saw it in. I mean, both of the Giants' wins this this week against the Dodgers came because of errors um ultimately um you have you got the error um from turner yeah trey turner um the throwing error that ended the game over to will smith i mean you got to think about it too like will smith has never played a position other than catcher before uh when he's been in the big so throwing him out there on first is you know got to be a little bit difficult and he did he pulled his foot you know there's there's the ball game um I'm worried about the pitching. Um, you know, they they threw, I think it was 11 pitchers game one. I don't well, remember what it was game two. The only, and then I think eight the only, game three. The only thing about that is the only reason why the Dodgers had a great month of August was because they had the best ERA in baseball, two, yeah. uh, 2.99. Pitching isn't really a big concern of theirs. They are a little banged up, but they were banged up for all of August, basically. True. You know, True. and they still figured it out. Um, and Bueller has been playing well other than you know the game on um on Sunday the game three I mean Urias has been out of this world yeah Urias has been good and Urias pitched very well in the playoffs last year so he is like a late fucking end of the year type pitcher and now we now we're getting to that point and that's when he steps up big I mean he was unhittable in the playoffs last year like a 1.47 ERA or something like that you know, he closed out the World Series. Problem this year is they don't have that benefit of using him as a reliever. Like, they need him as a starter because, yep. you know, we don't know about Kershaw. And Trevor Bauer is obviously not going to play baseball game for them this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, going out and getting Scherzer was huge. Imagine if they didn't do that. They would be royally fucked. Oh, absolutely. But, again, you know, Scherzer's having that health issue as well. I mean – health is is really the biggest thing that the Dodgers have going against well, them. Scherzer, right Scherzer pitched today, though. Did he go deep? I, he won like six innings, I'm pretty okay. sure. You know, you've got, you know, A.J. Pollock going out this weekend, too. Um, you know, and that's a hamstring, so he's going to be out at least, you know, anywhere from Oh, two Scherzer went weeks. eight innings today. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, so he's he's feeling better. Only threw 103 pitches, had 13 strikeouts. Wow, eight innings and how many? 113. That's it. Yeah, that's that's wow. a that's not that much for uh, no 103. I'm sorry, that's definitely not that much for eight innings pitched. 
No, that's 12. 13 that's strikeouts. 13, 13 pitches an inning. That's huge. Uh, 13 Ks, huge. too? Yeah. Yeah. So, a, so Scherzer was a definitely a big pickup. But, I, I mean, I went into this series saying that the Dodgers were probably going to be 2-1. and one. I, I don't been. know. They shouldn't have lost on Friday. Well, yeah, but then you can also say that Posier with Turner and Seager at third, you know, then they yeah, wouldn't have the, even been in that situation. But the reason why they lost this series was because it couldn't hit. I mean, they left like 3,000 well, yeah, runners on base. But that that not hitting is still going to be a problem going into the, the playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's something what I'm that they have about. to they have to they have to do something because Bellinger is hitting 167. At some point, you can't keep throwing them out there, dude. Yeah. Because at this point, he's basically an automatic out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they have to, you know, play Gavin Luxmore, you know. They have to get other guys in there, dude. They can't keep throwing him out there. Yep. Another big part of it is Max Muncy, who was arguably, you know, top three NL MVP going into the month of august he wasn't that good in august mm -hmm. so that, yeah. that's another concern for the dodgers still a lot of time left in september you know what i'm saying like they still have a lot of games left so they have a lot of time to turn it around this is the, but they need to get that offense going or else there's major concerns for them heading into the playoffs but they're not that easy of games i went through and, and looked at all of the games that both the you know, the teams who are in the playoffs and have potential for that wild card position has. And if you look at, at uh, L.A., they play three against St. Louis, six against San Diego, six against Arizona. Then that's going to be their easiest six right there. But then they have three in Cincy, three in Colorado, and then three against Milwaukee. Giant schedule isn't much easier. Um, they've got th five more Except against they get to play Colorado. the Rockies. Yeah, they've got five more against Colorado. They just... I mean, today was a closer game than the score shows, but um, they've got three against the Cubs, 10 against San Diego, um, three against Atlanta, and three against Arizona. So, I mean, this could very well be a come, coming down to the last game of the, the season to determine who's going to be that wild card, who's going to be that, that uh, NL West. Oh, no, for there. sure this is coming down to the wire, dude. Yeah. This uh, this division for sure is coming down to the final week of the season. It just sucks because they aren't going to see each other anymore. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like I, I told you sometime last week. You know, if the Dodgers lose this division, ultimately, it's on them, bro. Because they've had so many opportunities and they just continue to just throw them away. And I know that they've been banged up all year. That, you know, what I'm saying, but they're still right there. Yeah. And. The Giants lose, and they're they're playing a team like the fucking Rockies, and they don't take care of business, dude. Rockies at home, too, in Dodger yeah. Stadium, and they lose two of three in that series. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, bro. The Rockies are the second-worst road team in baseball. Those are series you have to win. Yep. You, know, you have to take two out of three of those. So they at only least. have themselves to blame, dude. And I mean, going in and going into the wild card, dude, that's what sucks about this situation is because the Giants or the Dodgers, whichever team makes the wild card, is going to have the second best record in the NL. And they're going to be in a one game scenario and they can yep. lose that game and they're fucked. And to be honest, but if, but if, they, say, if they win that game, then it's going to be Dodgers Giants for that yeah. first round of playoffs. 
Well, I'm saying the one thing I would worry about too, if I'm a Giants fan is being in a one game scenario because they don't have a great starting. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their starting rotation has played well this year, but do you really think that they have a guy that you could be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to throw him out there and he's going to dominate seven innings and give up. No, no, it it definitely wouldn't be a seven inning guy. It would be three. And, and that's, I think that's the problem with, the Giants going into the playoffs is that they don't have someone that can eat up innings. So, I mean, I think Guzman would be the, uh, sorry, Gausman uh, would be the best, you know, starter you have there. I mean, Alex Wood as well, but we don't know how he's going to come back from COVID. I mean, he's still testing positive. It's been, I think like a week and a half. Um, Damn. So, so he you know, wasn't vaccinated. Yeah. So he's, uh, um, you know, again, playing out of his mind this year um you know is he going to be able to get back into the groove in time for the playoffs um you know Cueto I would not trust further than I could throw him um but I think he'd be a good you know two to three inning reliever as well so I think if you can build up those two to three innings with their pitchers that would be something more of a one game situation that I'd, I'd be more comfortable with. Fair point. But no, you're not going to get a, a six or seven out of somebody. And also like, if we look at the NL wild card here, so let's just move over there real quick. Yep. Um, you know, right now we're seeing either a Dodgers Padres uh, Giants Padres or Giants Reds Dodgers Reds. Maybe even the Phillies. The Phillies are coming on strong. They're eight and two in their last ten. Um, they're only two games back in the wild card, and they actually they're only like two games back in their division too. So they could maybe take first place in their division. I'm saying San Diego um, is not going to make that wild card position. You don't they've think got, so? They've got a really tough schedule. They've got two against the. I mean, two against the Angels. They've been playing That's be better though. Then they've got six against the Dodgers, ten against San Francisco, three against St. Louis, and three against Atlanta. Atlanta's going for that that uh, NL East. Um, St. Louis is going for the wild card position. Um, they're going to be wanting to win games. Uh, the Dodgers are going for that number one seed. So you've got the two easy games being the you know LA, which they're doing right now. So they're they've got it difficult. I think the Phillies are going to take it. Like the Phillies are playing got, good. They've got Colorado. They've got the Cubs. Um, they do have Milwaukee, three games in Milwaukee, but then they go three in Baltimore, four in Pittsburgh, three in Atlanta, and three in Miami. Yeah, but they won in Milwaukee tonight against Brandon Woodruff. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow they're going against Eric Lauer today, I should say. So, I mean, they're getting the back end of the Brewers rotation too. So, I mean, they could easily take three of these yep. games right here, dude. You know what I'm saying? Um and I agree with you. I do, you know, I do think the Phillies are hot, but the Padres still have the best team. True. Know, but, are those... they playing? but it's it's how they're playing right now. And like yeah, but the... yeah, San Diego is getting better, but they're still banged up too. Their their starting pitching rotation is not is not good. I think that's where we can see a Cincinnati or a Philly take over that position, you know, for that top wild card. Well, their starting rotation isn't good because it's been banged up. But I mean, it's they're getting hurt. Paddock yeah. back. They're getting Musgrove back. 
Um, so, I mean, that rotation is going to be healthy come down the stretch, and that's what they really need. And Blake Snell's been good in the second half of the season. In the month of August, he was lights out. You know, he has a 3.88 ERA in the second half of the season. In the first half of the season, he had five ERA. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's definitely pitching better. Um, and the good thing with Blake Snell, too, is if they have to play the Dodgers, the Dodgers don't hit lefties very well. Blake Snell's pitched very, 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 very well against the Dodgers this season. Yeah. So, if they get into a one-game scenario and the Dodgers have to face Blake Snell – Padres could very well beat the Dodgers with Blake Snell, dude. He's yeah. done it all season, basically. You know what I mean? Well, and I, I think that's something that that's big that we've seen is that the Dodgers aren't as unbeatable as we, you know, we we once thought they were at the beginning of the year. Well, I mean, if they injuries, had a, if they had a healthy, you know, team, absolutely. But given this situation. Like they're not a, a shoe in into this, you know, into the playoffs, into the finals. Well, no, they're in. They're it's, into the playoffs. It's just whether they win that one wild card. True. true. Okay. Very true. Yeah. It's just you know that's why you don't want to get into that one card wild. You don't want to get into that one game scenario because your yeah. whole season goes awry Anything, and like you literally you're yeah. gonna have the second best record. That's mm-hmm. why it's like it's almost an L for the Dodgers or the Giants, whichever one doesn't win that division. They could have the second best record and not even be in a playoff series, not even be in a divisional round series, dude, with the second best record. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's the problem with the wild card. I thought the wild card was perfect last year because it, you had five games, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's how it should be because you don't get to show like yeah. why your team Anything is so good. Can happen in one game. Yeah. And that's why I always say, like, the regular season should matter in baseball. Like, that's why I always respect the team with the best record because they went through 162 games and still were able to finish with the best record in baseball. That shows that their depth, their consistency day in and day out, like, that should mean something. Absolutely. And nobody had the Giants playing like they were, they did this year, other than the Giants themselves. Not a single person would have said at the beginning yeah. of the year that the Giants would be even fighting for this top playoff, this top, uh, you know, division. Yeah, not division. at all. And Dude, I, if you told me in the beginning of the year that the Giants were going to finish with the best record in baseball, I would have been like, dude, I'll bet you $1,000 right now, and I will give you odds yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, they have a they have a roster. Like, I joke about it all the time, but it's true. Like, they have Jags, dude, and – what they're doing is absolutely fucking incredible this year. Like this is a movie script storyline type shit yep. is what's going on, dude. Well, I like, think dudes I guess- that should not be playing this good or playing this good. Like today, fucking yep. uh, that kid, that kid Estrada hit two home runs. Two home that kid runs. has four yep. home runs all year, dude. Yep. <laughs> like, what's and his going home, on? His four home runs have been recent. You know, he's a he's a young kid that we've called up and. You know, he's given given his opportunity. He's been taking it and fucking running with it. And it's beautiful. That's kind of that's kind of what this team is was built on. If you yep. if you look at it, like Darren Ruff's a 34-year-old rookie. Yep. Uh, you know, people were basically calling for Posey to retire at the end of this year, and now he might get a, a two-year extension. He will. Uh Crawford had a career year. You got guys like Caselli, um, Man, the list goes on. Longoria coming yeah. back, 
Longoria hasn't played a whole season in like six years. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The addition well, of he hasn't uh, been playing very well this year, which is crazy because he balled out last year. So he did ball out last year. If he, you told I mean, me the Giants were gonna be this good, fifteen home runs, like that's for a second yeah, year player. Like I'm hundred thirtieth in the league. Uh, for a second year player, I'm happy with that. Last year he's batting like three fifty. This year he's batting like two oh five. Yeah. No, definitely not not great, but he's still a, a threat. Because if they got that Yaz from last year, they probably would have had like a hundred wins already. Yeah, could definitely be, could definitely be. Uh, and That's the addition crazy. of Bryant was definitely something they needed. They needed another pitcher too, but is what it is. Um, I'm also thinking that we probably have uh, you know Kapler being a huge, huge favorite for coach. Of the oh, year, he, at least for yeah, no, nah, he's easily gonna win. There's no. Yeah. Unless they somehow miss the playoffs, which would basically take a miracle to happen yeah. at this point. They, they basically have to lose every game from here on out. But All right, so who do yeah, you man. have taken that last wild card position in the NL? So we haven't even touched AL yet. Um, dude, this is tough because the Phillies are probably – they're playing some great baseball right now. And I do think that they have an easy schedule going moving forward. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna take the Padres because they are the best team. They have Fernando Tatis Jr. Their pitching has been a lot better recently. Blake Snell is looking like you know that ace that he once was. You know what I'm saying? And I think as they get healthier towards the end of the season, they are going to be a little bit difficult of an out here, especially having a one game lead as it is. So I'm going to take the Padres. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh. I fucking hate this team but the phillies um <laughs> why do you Harper's, hate the phillies just harper's such a douchebag um and really any team that he's he on he's hard though dude I, that's yeah he's just a chad he's uh he's he's just a pompous asshole and all baseball know, players are chads though uh him he just seems more so um they're all privileged white more. guys or they're you know crazy talented yeah <laughs> um i mean i'm stoked to see mccutcheon's you know on a on a successful team i he was a, a huge fan favorite one of my favorites um just plays a fun style of baseball um McCutcheon is like one of my favorite players of all time yeah things wheeler, you did not know yeah wheeler gibson nola i think that's a great one two three there um and but really it's it's the um it's the schedule they've got such an easy schedule compared to what san diego has Cubs um, have been hot, though. Has. Uh, they gotta play the cubs and they've been pretty hot they have to play the cubs three times they play milwaukee two more times four against colorado three against the cubs three against the mets three against baltimore four against pittsburgh three against atlanta and three against Miami. the only thing i would say about colorado is like it depends on where they're playing. If they have to play in Coors Field, Colorado's a much better team. Uh, I am pulling that up right now. Come on. Because I wouldn't just, like, call those three wins, you know what I'm saying, if it's in Colorado. Because, you know, as the in, Giants found out today, dude, Colorado fights. In Philly. In Philly. Uh, yeah, those are three wins then. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, nah, so. it's gonna be it's gonna be a good race down the wire, and, and 
and what you said makes a lot of sense about the Phillies, and that's why it's hard to count the Phillies out. Yep. Let's move over to the AL real quick. I know we spent a lot of time on the NL, but I think that's because there's a lot of uh, great action going on, whereas, like, the AL, the divisions are set. It's Divisions are definitely set, yep. You know what I mean? Like, the Rays are winning the East. The White Sox are winning the, the, Central, the Midwest, yeah. Central, and then the – Astros are winning the yep. West. Yep. Where it gets a little interesting is the wild card, but you know the Red Sox and Yankees are starting to distance themselves a little bit. Um, you know, Oakland's just gone since Bassett got hurt. It's just been south. The Mariners I mean, three and a half games is not. I mean, we still have twenty four games. Yeah, so but I mean, three and a half games. games not... dude, the A's were up like four games on the Yankees like a month ago. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean, like. They're they're toast, dude. There's you saw it in Tampa Bay this weekend, bro. You know, they lost on a three home run walk off on Friday, and then they yeah. just got fucking blasted the next two games. Like they just look deflated, dude. Yeah. Absolutely deflated. The bullpen cannot hold a lead for shit. And their bats have been so bad that it's like they finally start hitting, and then it's like their bullpen can't hold a lead. It's like, oh, we're finally hitting for what? Like what? Like what are we doing out here? Mm-hmm. So I honestly think the A's are done. I even said it at the All Star break, Ben. I didn't think they were gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, for yep. the record, um, the Mariners are the most interesting team to me because they fucking suck, dude. I don't know how they win ball games, but they're like yeah. <laughs> they're like minus fifty five run differential, and they're seventy five and sixty three. They're twelve games over five hundred somehow. Like today they lost eleven to two to the Astros. <laughs> so I they're a team that I just cannot figure out. I their lineup is not good. They mm-hmm. don't hit very well. And their pitching is like mid. You know what I mean? Like they don't have like any outstanding pitchers. Who is the who is the pitcher that they just traded at the trade deadline? Like Grossman, their closer. Yeah. Imagine what like where they'd be at if they had kept him and had someone to close down these games where they don't have anyone now that's well that's the weird thing is they they win one run games but when they lose they get blown out yeah you know what i'm saying so like they're not when they're in close games they win them but they get blown out a lot which is the the complete opposite with toronto you've got toronto at 100 plus 136 uh point differential and you know they have one less win and one less loss. So they've got two games in hand on Seattle. Toronto's issue has been that their bullpen sucks. They blow yeah. a ton of leads. Yeah. And outside of Robbie Ray, you know, their starting rotation has been, you know, a little up and down throughout the year. Manoa's pitching a lot better. Ryu's pitching a lot better. I mean, I, I said it in the beginning of the year. I thought the Blue Jays could win the East and win the World Series. I still think it's a possibility because of that offense. That offense is electric dude it is it really is like they got boppers up and down that lineup so i mean that's a team if i'm in the playoffs that's a team i don't want to see dude (laughs) you know what i mean i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs though then no i i think it's gonna be the yankees and red sox although how many times have the yankees and red sox play each other do you know Uh, four times four more see dude they can yep. both very well make the playoffs. How many times do the does the Blue Jays play them? Toronto's played the Yankees six times. 
Toronto plays six against the Yankees, seven against Baltimore, six Ooh. against Tampa Bay, and seven against Minnesota. So Baltimore has their number, the, though, dude. Yeah, that's true. You that's very true. But I mean, they're eight they and two in their last ten, games. and two of those losses are against Baltimore. Yeah, but I mean, you look at that: seven against Minnesota, seven against Baltimore. Like they I mean, should the Yankees take just all lost those games. The Yankees just lost three in a row against Baltimore, so yep. Baltimore is playing well. Yeah, uh, the worst time. <laughs> well, been this doing is what, a while ago. Yeah, but this is what happens with young teams, though, is they play well towards the end of the year, and then next year they're gonna play better. Like they have a lot of young guys, man, but they have a lot of they have a lot of nice yep. young talent, dude. Cedric Mullins is nice. Anthony Santander is a great right fielder who's a bopper. Um, they have, a, they have, they they have like a thousand prospects coming up right now too. Adley Rushman, um, yep. Adam Hall. They got a uh, Gunnar Henderson who's like one of the top shortstop prospects in the league. They have like three fucking pitchers: uh, Grayson Rodriguez, um, oh no, Casey Mises, DL Hall, and uh, another dude. Dude, they got a lot of great uh, prospects coming up. So. Things could get scary in the AL East moving forward, but that doesn't matter about this year, though. Orioles are definitely not making the playoffs. They're probably already mathematically eliminated. So no. who are we taking? They're not mathematically uh, eliminated. Are they? they are. Oh, they are. They are. They're, yeah, sorry, they they're 34 games back from the wild card. Yeah, yeah it's over for them. But the they division. are a nice young team, dude. See, in the division... 43 games back from the Rays. Bro. But they got a nice young team, dude. Yep. They're yeah, there's potential going there. Forward. There's potential there. But who do you like to win the AL wild card? What two teams? Because uh, really, this could go anywhere. The Yankees and Red Sox both could very well miss the playoffs. Yep. Um. This is tough. Yeah, go... This is the tough one. Oh, man. Boston has a lot of games against teams that are on the cusp here. Um, yep. I'm going to say Toronto because of those seven games against Baltimore and seven games against Minnesota. Um, but who's the first team you're taking? We got two two teams here. I know because the Yankees are only a half game up on the Red Sox. Yeah, the Blue Jays are only three games behind the Red Sox, and then the Mariners are only three games behind, and the A's are only three and a half behind. So, like, yep. we have five teams fighting for two spots here. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Boston. I'm gonna go You're with going Boston. Toronto, Boston. Yeah. Boston, I think, will take that top seed, and then Toronto will take the, the second there. Boston has two against Tampa Bay, three against the White Sox, three against Seattle, six against Baltimore, two against the Mets, and two against the Yankees. Boston? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, though, because Chris Sale definitely doesn't look back. You know, he didn't look good against Tampa. No. Um, and because of that, like Boston's pitching staff is not that good. Although they have Eduardo Rodriguez going against Tampa tomorrow and against Tampa Bay has four starts. 
and like a 2.6 ERA. So he pitches Yankees very well. Pitching against... staff isn't great either, though. It's not. It's not. I, I just I'm going because I'm going Toronto. That's why I'm going to go Boston because of those six games that they play against the Yankees, and I think they're. I, I think Toronto can turn it up. I mean, Toronto's won five in a row. They're yeah. playing probably the best baseball of the three right now. Said in the beginning of the year, Toronto, I like Toronto to make the World Series, so I guess I should stick with it. <laughs> and, I did, okay, I'm going to go Toronto, and I'm going to go the Yankees. No, I can't go the Yankees, man. It's just well, like the big thing it, is the Yankees have six against Toronto. So yeah, like, one of those teams ain't gonna make it probably. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna go Yankees A's. Okay. Although I really don't think the A's are gonna make it. I feel like I just have to say you're that. You're talking with your heart straight. out of that one. Yeah. Damn straight. And the A's, they, the A's don't have that bad of a, a schedule, man. They've got three against the White Sox, three against Texas. Three against Kansas City, three against the Angels, seven against Seattle, and six against Houston. The problem is, is that Houston and Seattle have beat the shit out of them all year. Yeah, and that's 13 games right there. But, I mean, like, I, I shouldn't be that worried about Seattle, but ever since Cole Irwin, I mean, Cole Irvin said something about Seattle saying that they can't hit a beach ball or whatever, fucking A's <laughs> just lose every game to the Mariners. So, yeah, hopefully they turn it around. I'm going to go with them because I do think that they have are they probably have the best starting rotation of all these teams we're talking about like top to bottom even without Bassett. When's Bassett coming back? Who knows, dude. I yep. mean personally when it happened, I told you I was like, dude, he's out for the year. There's no yep. way he's coming back. Yep. But he's saying he wants to play again, but who knows, dude, he might that's such something that mentally messes you up, dude. Yeah, because he's gonna have that in the back of his head forever. Yeah, so who knows what he's gonna be like coming back? Um, but I mean, they still have Manaya who's pitching better. I mean, he pitched a gem against the the Blue Jays only for the Blue Jays to score nine runs on the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just some unbelievable shit. Caprellian's been up and down, you know, but for the most part, he's been more better than he has been bad. And then Cole Angels, Irvin, definitely. Cole Irvin has been, you know, he had his worst start of the season on Sunday against the Blue Jays. But other than that, I mean, he's still pitching pretty decent for the year. And then Paul Blackburn, since he's come up. Oh, and Frankie Montas, dude. I'm sorry, Frankie Montas. Probably the second half of the year is a Cy Young winner, dude. I mean, the guy in the second half of the year is like a 1.65 ERA. He's like unhittable. Yeah. Unhittable. So, yeah, dude, I'm taking the A's. Going A's here. All right. Hopefully their bats keep working, and hopefully their bullpen gets their fucking head out of their ass. <laughs> fucking stop blowing games, dude. Lou Trevino, you fucking bum. How do you really feel? How do you really feel? That's how I really feel. All right, let's take a <laughs> let's take a break real quick. We're gonna hop back in. We're gonna talk our NFL uh year preview i should say or our predictions and then we got a lot more to talk about we got brian kelly we got some college football to talk about we got a little bit of nba and then we got a crazy ass story we got to get to dude crazy story ben so stay locked we'll be right back it's nfl season and that means it's time to gamble on football 
Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin. And we are the APR Podcast. Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. All right. Make sure to check out APR. That's the annexation of Puerto Rico podcast. It is going to be a great one for week one of this NFL season. But it is time. It's time to move back to beer. Um, we had some great ones to start off. I'm stoked to hear uh, hear what Jordan thought about that fly, Jack, um, you know, at the end of the podcast here. But uh, let's hear what is beer number two. So beer number two is a normal, another, you know, pretty popular brewing company. That's New Belgium Brewing um, out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And this is another one of theirs I've never had. It's a 1985 IPA. And the can art is pretty fucking cool, too. Is another good one. Oh, it's part of the um, um, Voodoo Ranger Voodoo Ranger series. Yep. Yeah. So I've had the I've had the original Voodoo Ranger. Obviously, a very good beer. So excited to try this one. What's your second beer, Ben? What uh, what percentage is that coming in? Those are usually pretty high. Six point five. Oh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Most of those uh, Voodoo Rangers are going to be in that you know high sevens to eights. I guess. So yeah, they're usually really fucking hoppy, which is yep. good too. Yeah. Um, so I am, uh, I'm drinking, this is the one I got from Tavour. Um, this was a one that I had to buy instantly when I saw the, the title and the, uh, the can art here. Um, so this is a masthead brewing company and they are out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, there's some, been some random breweries out of uh, Cleveland and in the Ohio area and, uh, they've, they've been pretty good. Um, you know, from what I remember and, and hearing your reviews of them. So, uh, this is called Flat Earth. Um, this is a double New England IPA. Um, this is coming in at 8%. Um, it's brewed with an unbelievably stupid amount of hops. Um, so this is probably Kyrie Irving's favorite beer, um, or at least was his favorite beer a couple years ago. Um, but uh, again, this is <laughs> it's something that I just had to, I had to get. Um, so they detail it as, uh, you know, we threw brewing science to the curb with this beer um, and added an unbelievably stupid amount of hops at every step of the process. Logic and reason need not apply. Um, just stop believing, uh, stop reading this, believe us that it's good and drink it already. So, um, <laughs> with a, uh, a description like that, with a, uh, and can art like this, I had to get it. I absolutely yeah, that's awesome. get it. That it is smells awesome. good. It smells pineapple-y. So we'll see how it, how it goes. <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's hop into our let's hop into our predictions for the season. All right, so if you listen to APR, like I said, you probably heard some of this, but we're gonna go division by division, Ben, and we're gonna go through our winners. So let's let's start it out with the NFC East first. Who do you have winning the division? No, you're not gonna like this. No, you're not gonna like this. I have uh, the New York Giants. Um, with the Washington football team as a close second, close, close second year. All right. I, I, of course. I can't believe it because of, uh, you know, 
Mr. Uh, Casper, the friendly ghost favorite player, but uh, I'm, I'm going with it. It's not that he's my favorite player, man. It's just he has some big flaws, major flaws, and they cost his team wins often, yep. and those aren't changing because his physicals. He has small hands. He fumbles the ball a lot because he has small hands. It's a scientific fact as you're drinking a scientific beer. There we go. <laughs> um, so, of I'm gonna... course – I'm going to go with his running back coming back and um, more opportunities to use those small hands to, uh, to throw the ball to some, some better wide receivers here. So. All right. It. So y'all already know I'm going Washington. It's not even close. I think that they're going to run away with this division Second place will be Dallas. Third place will be New York. Fourth place will be Philly. Philly will be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I apologize right now. But I like I like Washington. That defense is legit, dude. Absolutely yep. legit. Their defensive front with, with uh, Sweat and uh, Chase Young, they will get after the quarterback. I think they're going to break defensive records this year. And they upgraded the quarterback, too. I mean, we saw Heineke. He played very well against Tampa Bay in that one playoff game. And then they go out and get a capable starting quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, which they didn't really have last year, even though Alex Smith was, you know, somewhat of a capable savior. I like Washington here. Not even close. All right. What do you think about the next division, the NFC North? Um. With the uh, the strength of schedule and, um, you know, with their Lord and Savior coming back, I'm going to go Green Bay Packers here. Um, I can see Minnesota being a, a close second, but I just don't think their offensive firepower is enough for them to, you know, really, really push them over the Green Bay, uh, the Green Bay Packers here. Um, we know that their defense can't be as bad as, as last year, but uh well, we hope that their defense can't be as bad as last year. But uh, again, I, I still think I still think Green Bay is going to take it over Minnesota. Close second though. Um, yeah, I think I think Minnesota can take it. I mean, they had a lot of injuries. Plus, Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr didn't play last year, and those are two All-Pro defensive players. So, getting two guys like that back will automatically boost their defense. Um, Mike Zimmer is one of the best coaches in football, but I'm with you, dude. The Minnesota Vikings start Kirk Cousins. The Green Bay Packers start Aaron Rodgers. I think this is Aaron Rodgers. Honestly, I think this is Aaron Rodgers last year. I think he retires after this season. I think he's content not playing football any longer. He's going to be 39 years old. Um, I think this is truly the last dance, dude, and I think that the Green Bay Packers will win the NFC North here. Man, I think that depends. I think that depends how he plays this year. If he comes out and he plays like he did last year, I mean, why not go for another two-year contract and make $40, 50000000 million? Because that fool is – you'd be the Jeopardy host, dude. They haven't even named another Jeopardy host. I'm they telling you, bro. Name, that's just... They did name a Jeopardy host, but – Who? The, it, it was the producer and um, and the chick from um, – But now uh, that producer what? stepped down, and then yeah, now he's because, like even stepped down from producing. Yeah, because of how much of a piece of shit he is. Um, but and so, they said yes, that girl's only guest. No, it was supposed to be uh, 50 50. 
um, between her, uh, the, fuck, what show was that? Um, really annoying guy um, about the scientists. Um, Big Bang Theory, uh, the chick from the Big Bang Theory and, um, and then the producer, but because the producer was, again, as much of a piece of shit, now that was supposed to be open again. So they didn't pick him the first time. I don't think they'd, they'd come back to him. So Who, Rogers? Yeah. No, they didn't pick him the first time because he, he didn't want to do it. Like he was playing football. No, he they wants couldn't to work do around it. his. I know, but they wouldn't be able to work around his football schedule. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely can. They definitely can. It only was bro, like. It was he only could like, still do it, bro. And even if he doesn't do that, he definitely has a future in media, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So he'll, it's not like he doesn't have like a great gig lined up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I could very easily see him. Plus he's that kind of dude, bro. He's just like laid back. Like he's just that kind of guy, man. All right. What about the NFC South? (sighs) This, this pains me. This pains me. Let me go with the bucks. Um, I just, I want to go Carolina here, but I'm just not. I don't know about their QB situation. That's a huge question mark to me. Monster question mark to me. I know so, about their QB situation. Uh, yeah, but they're, he's like the love of your life. So <laughs> fuck out of you. You're going Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm going Carolina. Bay. I have a, I have a ticket plus 1000 for them to win the division. So I need them to win. I don't need them to win the division, but I obviously have money on it, so I want them to win the division. But, yeah. I mean, at those odds, dude, it's great odds. Like you basically said, their defense is going to be improved. If they can get – they have a lot of talent around Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey coming back. So there's no excuses. The fact that he got another starting job tells me that people in the NFL – believe that Sam Darnold is talented enough to be an NFL quarterback and that he was just in a terrible situation. So he's getting a second chance. It's probably his final chance. Plus he has a great offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. I like Carolina to win this division, Tampa Bay. All they care about is getting healthy into the playoffs. Too. That's all they want to be is healthy. Yeah. They don't really care about regular season. So I like Carolina to win the division. It's very close though. If they win this yeah. thing, it's going to be by like a game. Yeah. And I, I have that same thing. I have Carolina being a, a close second, but like you said, it's, this is probably, I, I know I've been saying another, others have been, are going to be a close second, but I think this is and the, the NFC West is probably going to be, eh, maybe not the NFC West, but the NFC South is definitely going to be the closest between, you know, one and two here. Nice. All right. Let's move on to the NFC West. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, I want to go with my Niners, but I just, there's, there's way too many question marks um, surrounding the Niners uh, to actually give them the division here. Um, I do think that they're going to be one of the wild card positions um, as long as they can stay healthy. I think health is going to be the biggest, uh, biggest key for the Niners, um, you know, and, and obviously a QB situation, but if you have a healthy Garoppolo, I think there's a, a chance there, but I think the addition of Stafford um, to that Rams offense is, you know, going to be a huge boost for them. Um, and I mean, I don't think there's any questions asked about the Rams defense. It's elite. It's the best in league. And no, it's, not yeah, the best it's, in the league. it's, 
you think Washington is the best in the league, but um, I think the Rams have the best defense in the league. And I think, um, I think with those, the addition of a better QB throwing to their options, it's, I think it's going to, it's going to be the Rams taking this division. I mean, I agree that the Rams are going to win the division. Yeah. The reason why I think the Rams are going to win the division, though, obviously their defense is top two in the league, top three in the league, because we could throw Pittsburgh in there too. Um, but the addition of Matthew Stafford is going to open up that offense so much. Yep. I know that they lost uh, Cam Akers, but they added um, Sonny Michelle. They have DJ Henderson. But that passing game, Cooper yep. Cup, and Robert, Robert Woods, Woods Higby, Jefferson, Higby, yep, just keep going. I think that's going to be a total game changer for the Rams, dude. I like the Rams to win this division. Like you said, I think this is the best division in football. I would not yep. be shocked if we got three teams out of this division in the playoffs, dude. Could very well be, yep. Um, I don't also, know who's going to take the sec- who takes second place. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if the Rams didn't win the division. Like This division is the Rams, Niners, and Cardinals. Yep. And Seahawks, you know, whoever finishes fourth place in this division, they might finish fourth place at like seven and ten, you know, or eight yeah. and nine. Yep. This is yeah. a tough division. I do think that the Seahawks don't even make the playoffs though this year. I think they took a step back. Yep, I agree. They haven't really added that much. Um, and Russell Wilson played like shit, honestly, the last seven weeks of the, of the season. Yep. yep. All right, let's move on to the AFC now, where I'm pretty sure we agree on every division. Who do you have? Um, uh, who who do you have, have as the conference champs? NFC conference champions. I have the Washington Football Team. Okay, I've got the Rams. I got Washington. All right, let's talk about the AFC now. Um, so let's start out with the AFC East. I'm going Buffalo Bills. Um, I don't think there's really a, a question there. Um, at least for me, I mean, Patriots are going to be having a, a rookie QB jets have a rookie QB. Miami has a sophomore QB. That's a huge question mark, huge, huge question mark. Um, I, I think the dolphins have the best defense in the division, but I mean, with Tua being back there, that's just such a huge question mark. Could they win the division? No, but they could probably get a close second. Um, but like Buffalo's offense is just, it's, it's too much. It's way too much. I think Miami finishes third in the division, unless they trade for Deshaun Watson in which some things could shake up here. Um, I like the bills to win the division too. I think, I think that's a pretty solid one, but I actually like new England to give them a fight. I think it's going to be new England and Buffalo here. New England's returning eight starters from that, from their defense from two years ago, which was the number one defense. Um, I know Gilmore is going to be out for a little bit, at least six weeks, but they've improved all over that defense in the last, uh, you know, two drafts. So I like, I like the Patriots to at least be competitive. And if Mac Jones is just decent and is able to move the ball consistently and not turn the ball over and they're able to run the ball like they have in the preseason, I think they could make some noise in this division. I just don't think they have the, uh, the firepower. I don't think they have the options that they need. I mean, I don't think Damian Harris. No one thought they had good options forever though. And they happen to do it. I mean, again, like, your number one wide receiver is Aguilar. 
Hey, I mean, Aguilar's had he's coming off a two solid years with the he's Raiders. Coming off a, a great year with the Raiders, absolutely. Um, then it's Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. I mean, just to me, those aren't number one. Like, I don't think they have a number one. I, and I think it's three number twos right there. And I, that doesn't win you games. Yeah, but I mean, look at look at who the Patriots' top wide receiver normally is: Wes Welkers of the world, the Julian Edelman's, like. But yeah, they you have the, the best they don't have, like... throwing them the ball though. Like all they have to do is put their hands out. Nah, dude, they're not gonna have. Come that on, man. They'd be running like three yard slants every every down. Though. Like Mac Jones is the most accurate quarterback in the history of college football. With the best wide receivers in college football. That's fair, but why has no one else ever done it before? You know what I mean? Like, you're talking. We're talking a lot of. People have played with a lot of talented receivers, man. I watched Matt Leiner play and with Mac Jones with only played talent. one year in 2020 where they were playing trash teams. They won the national title. They beat Clemson or Ohio State. Yeah. I hey, think Jones hey, is going to be decent. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be a world beater, he's but gonna he's going to do the, He's going to yeah. get the job done. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Tom Brady's a world beater. It's not like he's a great like quarterback. He just gets the job done. If if I were to tell if I were to ask you who has better arm who's a better thrower of the football Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady what would you say Aaron Rodgers yeah it's like that's the same thing with Mac Jones like he could definitely be that Tom Brady type guy where he's just a smart guy Tom Brady's a smart quarterback dude we know Mac Jones isn't smart he's got two fucking DUIs I mean he could just be a party animal dude well yeah I'm not but, judge someone on a DUI dude there's they, lawyers out there but it's two <laughs> it's not 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 just one but two you make a bad man, decision a kid, and then man. you make that bad decision twice and he's he again kid. he's still a kid so yeah he's again making making bad decisions there I'm not I'm not putting any trust in Patriots offense whatsoever I mean we both have the Bills winning in the division yeah. so yeah. All right, let's move on to the AFC North. Who do you have winning this division? I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Baltimore, I think, is will probably be second in the division. Um, they've got a decent defense. Pittsburgh defense is outstanding. Um, I think Bengals need a couple more years. Um, but the way that the Browns played last year um, and then to have hopefully a full season with Chubb, um, you know, you're going to get OBJ back and, you know, even though him and Baker didn't connect well at the beginning of the season last year, OBJ is OBJ. He's an incredible wide receiver. Um, so having that option with him there, um, is, you know, isn't going to hurt. Um, so I'm going to see the Browns continuing to develop and take that division again. Yeah. I like the Browns here. And the reason is very simple. And I said this on APR. They took their weakness, which was their defense, and they literally just yep. focused on upgrading it, and they did so. And I know Jadavion Clowney is like – he's not the greatest guy. I mean, physical gifts, probably one of the best prospects I've ever seen in my life coming out of college. Hasn't lived up to the hype, but he is absolutely going to take double teams off of Garrett. And if they do double, triple team Garrett, he is going to be running free. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still a respectable defensive end. So, I like what the Browns did on the defensive side. I thought that was their biggest weakness. We are going to see early on how they are because they do have some tough games early on. 
Yep. So we will see how they stack up. I love Kevin Stefanski. I talked about it all year on APR last year. I think he's a great offensive mind. I love dudes that just love to run the football down your throat, and he is that guy. Takes all the pressure off Baker's shoulders and literally just puts it on that defense and that running game. That's what they need to do. They have the improved defense now, Ben. I like the Browns to win that division. I don't even think it's going to be close. I think they run away with that division. And then yeah. the Steelers and Ravens fight for second place. Yep. Yep. Like it. All right. Let's talk about the AFC South, which I know we also agree on here. Yeah. Um, to be honest, this was kind of tough. Um, this was tough with the Titans. Um, but I'm going to say Wentz is better than, um, you know, what they had last year. Um in rivers right or no rivers was uh minnesota who did they have no rivers was in, rivers was in Minneapolis. Yeah. um once even not you know with the season that he played last year um i think is is going to increase that defense um you've get mac back in the running back position which gives them another option on top of uh taylor and Hines. um so that you know that really kind of pushes things out more um the defense is outstanding absolutely outstanding i don't think they really even lost much there um you know within you know the off season here so i'm gonna go with the colts tennessee is gonna be my close second here um i think they've added a couple of good pieces um that was that takes a little bit off of uh derrick henry which we know he's not gonna have as good of a season well i'm pretty sure he's not gonna have as good of a season next year um so yeah, the Titans lost Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator. He's now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. He really turned Tannehill around. They did add Julio Jones, but we've never seen a guy rush for 2,000 yards and then even rush for 1,300 the year after. Yeah. Derrick Henry is a monster, dude, physically. Like, I'm not going to put it past him to be better than a lot of those guys have, but I've never seen it. And I've been watching football for a very long time. Yeah. Right. So I've only had eight 2000 yard rushers. None of them have ever rushed for 1300 a year after. I think it continues to be the same. I think Tannehill, even though Julio Jones is on the field, he's often injured in the last couple of years. So how much do we think he's going to play? I think this could be some issues for uh, Tennessee, they were one of the worst defenses last year. I don't think they really improved that much. They actually lost more than they added. So I like Indianapolis to win this division. I do think that Carson Wentz is that is an upgrade over um, Rivers, mainly because Rivers can't move. <laughs> he's like a sitting duck back there, and he likes to take chances. You know, he's not like Tom Brady where he just like goes for the the quick out, the quick read. He will sit there and wait for a guy deep. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's bad. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate under Frank Reich until he got hurt. You know, he wasn't bad in 2019. He had a bad year last year. A lot of people think it's because of the offensive line in Philly. We're going to really find out here, Ben. Absolutely. I like like Indy to win the division. AFC West. No question. Kansas City. Yeah, I think I don't that one. This one's I don't have to say anymore. Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. That's my reasoning. Yeah, but I mean, the Chargers and Raiders could be pretty good, dude. Nope, I'm I'm going with my bet on with the uh, with Steady Eddie here. Raiders are not even well, getting yeah. wins. Not even getting how 10. many? Ten. I mean, that's tough in this division because you got to play the Chargers, Broncos, and the 
Chiefs six times. And I think all three of the, I think all, all four teams are good here. I think Denver's biggest weakness is how do their key guys bounce back off injuries, Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb. You know, those are dudes that have to play well for this defense to be quarterback. That that well, that too. That's what I'm saying. But they're still relying on that defense to bounce back. True. You know, very true. The two years ago, they were like top seven in the league. Last year they were 26 in the league. And like I said, there was that was because of injuries. So they I need they need that defense to bounce back. Chargers, probably the most talented team in this division, aside from the Chiefs. Um, so I would probably put them second, but the Raiders, they were a top 10 offense last year. It's really their defense. that was fucking dog shit. Got a new Gus Bradley, their defensive coordinator. Maybe things change there, but yeah, I like the chiefs here. Yeah. All those teams are just fighting for a second. Yep. So I don't think we have a question here either. Conference is going to Kansas city. Yes, sir. And yep. who do you have winning the super bowl? Super bowl. I have Kansas city. I have Kansas city too, which probably come back to her that they won't win but i have it kansas city and uh la and i know you have it washington and kansas city i have kansas city washington yes yep Yep. yes i do all right nice man love it and uh before we gotta you know move over to the next uh the next section here do got to uh i mean we got some people to shout out really quick um definitely have to you know, have to shout out the the football garbage time podcast and the beer fueled fantasy football podcast uh, we are doing a, you know, we're doing a, a fantasy league with the two of them. We're going to see who's got, uh, who's got the best choices on the individual level. And then at the, uh, at the podcast level as well. So, you know, shout out again to uh, football garbage time podcast and the beer fueled fantasy football podcast. Oh yeah. I can't wait to win. I, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not in love with my team. I, we just had the draft tonight and I don't think it's going to be bad. But I like my other two teams that I have better than this one. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely one of the tougher drafts I had. Yep. Um, but I went based on, you know, the fact that it's PPR. So I was just trying to get dudes that get, can at least give me a full point PPR on it. Yeah, every reception. I don't care how many yards they get. Yep. They get 10 receptions. That's 10 points right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went with a little bit different strategy. Um, but let's hop into the five-minute clinic. Let's talk some more football. Yep. We're going to talk some college football. So this weekend was the kickoff of college football. It was the actual week one. We saw a lot of crazy stuff happen. I mean, number 10 ranked North Carolina lost in Blacksburg to Virginia Tech. We saw a bunch of Division One schools, FBS schools, lose to FCS teams at home. Yep. Uh, Washington being the biggest number 20th ranked team, they lose 13 to 7 against Montana at home in Washington, which, by the way, is the most gorgeous stadium. If you ever have a chance to attend, I definitely suggest going there. Um, but of all these things that happened, Ben, Alabama looked head and shoulders better than everybody. Yeah, so I know it's one week. I don't like to put a ton of weight into it. I know you're not the biggest college football guy, but, you know, from what you saw, do you think it's Alabama and then everybody else? No question. I think there's such a big difference between, you know, Alabama. I mean, I think you could put Oklahoma at number two, 
Um, Man, Oklahoma had a tough game on Saturday against Tulane, who not only yeah. is Tulane not as good, but they were displaced for a week because of Hurricane Ida. They were practicing like in Houston and then in fucking Oklahoma. Like they're yeah. practicing all over the place. And Oklahoma only won that game 30 to 25. You want to know something crazy uh, about that game though, Ben? 40 to 35, yeah. 40 to 35, sorry. You want to know something crazy about that game? What's that? They could only fill half the stadium because they didn't have enough workers to staff the upper half. Oh, geez. Huh, interesting. Pretty I mean, crazy. I think the other big thing, you've got Clemson losing to the number five team in Georgia. Again, I know it's week one, um, but Clemson only put up three points. Three yeah. points. Didn't even get uh, a touchdown. From the difference that we've had, you know, from Clemson last year to Clemson this year. Like that's that's significant. It's very significant. And the wild thing about the wild thing about that game too, Ben, Mm -hmm. is that DJ Ugalele he played against Notre Dame last year Mm -hmm. on a week's notice because Trevor Lawrence got COVID, couldn't play. He threw for over five hundred yards in in that game at South Bend against Notre Dame, one of the most yeah. legendary college football fields in the world, on a week's notice. He has all summer to prep for this game against Georgia, and that offense, and especially him, dude, he looked absolutely fucking lost, bro. Nineteen for thirty-seven, so only just over, no, yeah, just over fifty percent. Yeah, like fifty-two percent. Um, 178 yards, one interception. That's not, yeah. When you're going from, you know, Trevor Lawrence to that, it's going to be a difficult year. It's going to be a very difficult year. I was surprised that. DJ's a top five recruit, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, still quality, but that just the the differential level is, um, you know, is is huge there. Um, you, You told me to, I only caught the, what, end of the fourth quarter here. Um, in overtime, but you had me turn on that Notre Dame Florida State game. That was crazy. That was, that was way crazy. Game. Number nine uh, Notre Dame taking on Florida State, who's unranked and only winning by three in overtime. Well, Notre Dame shouldn't be ranked number nine. They're ranked way too high. Yeah, I had Florida State plus seven because of that. They had, honestly, if Florida State played McKenzie Milton that entire game, they probably win that game. Mm-hmm. That was the, you know, they put Mackenzie Milton in. If you heard the intro, Mackenzie Milton coming back from uh, uh, two years, he had a knee, knee injury that doctors even said there's no way this kid ever plays football again. Yeah. And he does it. And he led them back, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, student. Th- yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't throw the ball before that. Yeah. And then he was able to give them that dynamic where they threw the ball. Notre Dame overranked. This is why I hate preseason rankings. Notre Dame ain't going to do shit this year. And LSU, UCLA, UCLA, everyone's calling it a big upset. That wasn't really an upset. UCLA should have won that game. LSU is not that good. And when LSU is 4-7 and seven this year, people are going to look back on that win and be like, oh, that was just another non-conference win. Yeah. But... It's big for UCLA because they can't even fucking get fans in their stadium. So maybe Very that'll true. put fans in their stadium. Yep. But like the upsets this weekend were, you know, substantial. I mean, you have Montana beating Washington. And this is just in the top 25 as they're ranked right now. Montana Montana's beating Washington. Montana's an FCS school, Ben. Yep. 
you've got Iowa beating Indiana, granted 18 versus 17 there, not too big. You have UCLA not ranked, beating number 16 uh, LSU. You've got uh, 19 Penn State beating 12 Wisconsin. You've got uh, Georgia number five beating number three Clemson. So those, those are some big losses. Oh, Virginia Tech beating number 10 Carolina. Yep. So I mentioned the opening, but back to the original question of Alabama and everybody else. Yes. That's the only reason why it brought me back is because you just mentioned Georgia. I think it's really Georgia might be the only team that can challenge them. Mm. Um, Georgia's defense is absolutely legit offensively with JT Daniels. They were much better the year before JT Daniels matter day graduate from Southern California, went yep. to USC, transferred out of USC because he lost a job to Keaton Slovis, who's now the starting quarterback of the University of Southern California Trojans, who's yeah. going to beat Stanford this week. They just beat our uh, San Jose State fellers, so. I told you it was going to happen, dude. Oh, yeah. I told you San Jose State didn't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, right, and so- USC didn't play that great of a game. But it's yeah, Alabama yeah. – and then it's Georgia, and then it's everybody else. Yep. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. And I'm not even in football, right? In college football. So Ohio um, State in Oklahoma can we be the way teams. over our five minutes. We are, we are, but I gotta throw this point out real quick. Oklahoma, good team. Spencer Rattler, great quarterback. The defense was supposed to be improved this year. They look like fucking shit last yep. week. And then Ohio State on the opposite and defensively we did we knew they were going to be like so so but we were expecting cj stroud to be great i don't want to put a ton of weight into the first week it was his first start but he didn't look like justin fields looked or dwayne haskins or any of the quarterbacks you know that he succeeded in the recent memory all right so we're going to be moving to pour me another and because just we're, we're <laughs> going go. right back to college we're, we're going right back to college football so you know that's that's where we're starting with uh pour me another here but pour me another is our kind of tmz aspect of the podcast where we need to touch on some of these things uh, but isn't going to necessarily be a full um you know a full segment here um and we're going back to this notre dame versus florida state game because brian kelly made some very very interesting comments after the uh you know, the overtime win there. Um, so let's take a quick listen. Had it all. Yeah. What did you think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. All right, so after hearing that, what do you think? Fair or foul? I mean, it, this is one of those things where it's like, the wrong person is singing it. This is a guy that literally is responsible for someone dying during one of his practices. Not a player, but a staffer who was filming during windy, during when it was super windy, said to keep doing it. The tower blows over, the kid dies. When the kid fucking falls out of the tower too, he tells his coaches to keep practicing. Like that's the kind of dude this is. And then he says something like that. It's just wrong person. I mean, it's wrong message and definitely wrong person. But if it's a joke and he's trying to play it back to John McKay, who legendary USC coach, by the way, basically broke the color barrier in the South. We can get into that conversation another day. But 
this was wrong person wrong message thing yeah yeah no uh, you're exactly right there um it's it was a joke and it was a bad joke it was a joke that probably shouldn't have been said and he said it um and he said it on national television which is not the place that you should be saying these things and you shouldn't be saying you know jokes about execution anyway um but he did it i'm gonna go foul on this one um i understand that it was a joke but you got to look at the situation the time that we're in it's going to be taken majorly negatively even if it was a joke um so all right, last week we saw a disturbing situation involving former NBA rookie Jackson Hayes getting into an altercation with his local police after his girlfriend asked her cousin to call them after a shouting match they were involved in. Police tried to enter Jackson's house when Jackson tried to stop them. He was brought down and tased. Both Jackson and LAPD are being investigated for their actions. Do you think this was handled properly? And will Jackson Hayes be suspended from the NBA? Um, no, I don't think it was handled properly, and I do think he's going to get some suspension on this. Um, I think it was a horrible way of getting into the house by the police department, and I think that's why they're being investigated. Um, they didn't tell him his rights. They didn't tell him that they had, um, you know, jurisdiction to enter his house if they believed that someone was injured inside, um, and that's something that you have to you have to vocalize um, because when he is saying i know my rights you can't go in my house you know for the most part that's true but if they do believe that someone could be hurt inside you have to you know you have to handle that properly but i also think jackson needs to handle that properly as well he has to realize that he's a six what six seven um six ten bro six ten he's a big motherfucker and if you have you know some police officer that has short man complex because those cops that were there were not even close i'd say even to six foot that they're going to be scared of the situation that they're going into right there and um with him pushing them back with him kind of pushing one of the police officers into the wall um to stop him from going into the house um i think that's where he messed up and um so i, I think there's a little bit of fault on both sides here um both could have been better um you know dealt with the situation better um and you have to realize that if you're a professional athlete you're going to be on camera you're going to be you know made accountable for and you know be in that spotlight so. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry took all i don't think he'll, there. i mean i don't think he'll be suspended because the lapd is being investigated i think it could be handled a little bit differently but everything else i 100 percent agree with yeah he did push the cop into the wall he did. he did but i mean they were being fucking assholes to him bro doesn't matter you can't you can't I, I, I complete again I completely agree, but you, you just can't you can't push it in the wall. But even his girlfriend came out and was like, dude, nothing is going on in here. Afterwards. But they still had No, that. before he pushed him. That was before. No. Yeah. Nope. I'm pretty sure it was. Nope. I watched that watch that video a couple times. It was not. It was afterwards. Um, it was after he was tased. He still had that blood on his. Uh, nah, his that was. Yeah. I swear yeah. he was still. No. Oh my god! Someone, someone watch that video. Watch it again. Watch it quick. again. 
No, it was afterwards. All right, but let's move on um, because we've got, <laughs> we've got a crazy fucking story here. Um, so uh, I guess we can say a high school football team played a nationally televised game uh, versus the IMG Academy uh, this week, um, you know, which IMG Academy, if you don't know, is a national powerhouse. Um, they they go through and, and are, you know, pushing a lot of these um, you know, top prospects into the college, the, you know, college pathway here. Um, but we had Bishop Sycamore uh, come in playing IMG Academy. About halfway through the games, the ESPN broadcasters felt like they were kind of getting duped because for, uh, Bishop Sycamore, who was supposed to have what five, uh, you know, potential recruits, were getting supposedly handed to them. They were getting mollywopped, as you say. Um, but uh, I, I got to ask, like, how does this happen, and how does ESPN not vet these games like this? Yeah, it's crazy. It's something that I didn't even know about until this happened. And basically, like ESPN, just like they go through a there's like a subcontractor basically that like finds top high school games and then they like broadcast them. They basically like basically these people use yes they pay for espn's broadcast right mm-hmm. is what what i basically got from this and so espn aired this game yeah. and then halfway through the announcers are like dude something just seems off by this and it's just wild i mean the the head coach has a warrant for alpha his arrest for fraud because he's writing bounce checks to get into these hotels yep the thing that had me, what had me questioning, Ben, is like, how does a, a team like uh, IMG Academy not vet something like this? Like, they're a top program in the na- in the nation in high school. Like, how do you not be like, yo, I've never heard of this school. Like, who the fuck is Bishop Sycamore? Cause, I mean, d- these dudes had, they had grown men playing, dude. Like, yeah. 24 year olds, dude. Like something bad seriously could have happened, you know, if they were actually talented. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure they probably just saw the ESPN wanting them to play on a nationally televised game and took that as. Oh, but this game was scheduled game. before that. Yeah. They schedule these games and then a subcontractor person goes to ESPN and is like, hey, you should televise this game. This is a. Uh, big high school matchup yeah and who knows i mean seeing that they had five you know potential top 10 or top uh what was it top 25 top 100 recruits um you know on their their school i mean again yes the the who doesn't vet that like dude you should know the the athletic director should be looking looking at that um but yeah, it, there was a lot of a lot of negative things there that that could have happened. Um, again, a lot of probably places where people overlook things that they shouldn't have, um, and just shows the incompetence of you know a lot the, of people. It shows how people just time. rush it, dude. Yep, all the time. Well, and then we heard from a person who's supposed to be an athletic director from Bishop Sycamore saying like, no, this is a legit football, like football school and it's like well then why can't we find any record of your actual school yeah why like it doesn't your, exist nothing exists fired? yeah why is your coach getting fired right after this game um, and who is a who is the bishop sycamore like that that bishop doesn't never ha- existed yeah. yep yeah 
doesn't make and why sense. is there a logo and mf doom mask <laughs> <laughs> that too uh, i didn't even realize that didn't even realize that that was an mf doom mask all right all right all right all right it's perfect transition we get into the best segment of the show that's right this is the segment where we win y'all money it's that time for best bets last week we went we both went one and one yep so we had a 500 week coming off an zero and four week uh which has been a little tough i'm creeping closer to 500 here 29 33 and two ben is 33 33 and one so he's basically sitting at 500 um so ben Last week, you had Los Angeles Dodgers minus a half a run over Atlanta. That was a W. And then you had Boston Tampa Bay over eight and a half. That was an L. What's your two best bets this week? I mean, since it's opening week, I got to go football. Um, I know we're going to be talking about these games on uh, APR, but uh, I wanted to get these bets in a little bit early um, as, you know, they're as the spreads are sitting pretty nice right now, at least in my opinion. Um, so the first game we're going to go with is we're going to go with the, the Green Bay Packers over the New Orleans Saints. Um, I, having Jameis in that quarterback, I think, is going to be decent, but I don't think that they're going to have as many options, um, you know, to pass the ball. I'm not 100% sure how Kamara is going to be coming back after a subpar last year. Um, and we know Green Bay is at the top of their game right now. Um, and I think they're going to just put a, a pounding on on New Orleans here, um, you know, especially with Winston's first game here. So we're going to take Green Bay minus four and a half points, um, sitting at minus 110. I think it's great, great value there. Um, so get that in before it, it shoots up. Um, the second game we're going to go with is the Minnesota Vikings over the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you can take this money line. Um, value is sitting at minus 165, uh, but I would take the minus three points, um, you know, in a, in a heartbeat here. Um, is Burrow even playing? Burrow's not, I don't think he's getting the start. Um, even if he does get the start, he's not going to be playing a full game. Um, you know, with the, yeah, he uh, will. He's playing, though. Playing the full game? I don't think he's playing the full game. Um, but uh, even then, I don't think... You know, the, the offensive line is still a question mark to me. Um, Jamar Chase having his drops has been uh, a substantial problem for the offseason here. Um, I like Minnesota, you know, taking that three-point spread. Um, and their offense, I think Dalvin Cook is going to be pushing, um, running really that, that offense there. And then, um, you know, hopefully we'll have a, a better defense coming out of Minnesota here. So we're going to go with that minus three, sitting at uh, Vega 110. Nice, man. Nice. I do like that one. Although Joe Burrow's definitely going to play. But I do like Vikings minus three. Saints one. I don't know yet. That was a, That's a tough game, Ben. Green Bay offense is uh, it's too much. They're playing so, this game in Jacksonville, not, too, which is very weird. That's, that's the... Well, yeah, because New Orleans is underwater right now. But uh, that's the, the Green Bay... New Orleans game is the one I'm even more confident in than the uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati game. So. Interesting. We'll discuss this on APR. Definitely tune in to APR this week. You know. I hope so. I hope so. I haven't I made so. it. I haven't even looked at these games. Like, you talking about these is the first time 
I have heard these lines, seen these lines, heard a handicap, anything on it. So definitely looking forward to APR this week. I'm going to stay away from NFL. I'm going to go with a college game because I hit a college game last week. I'm going to go Iowa State minus three and a half. I think this line should be higher. I think it's a total overreaction to the first week because Iowa smashed on Indiana. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Indiana. Indiana had like a very weird year last year, an anomaly, we as we like to call it. It was like a once in a lifetime type of season that the school ever has. I don't think Iowa is as, as good as people think they are because they smashed Indiana. And on the flip side, Iowa State lost. They won 16 to 10 against Northern Iowa, which is an FCS school. However, I think Iowa State was looking forward ahead to Iowa, which is why they kind of slipped against Northern Iowa because they weren't really focused on that matchup. They were focused on Iowa. Brock Purdy is a great quarterback. Heisman hopeful. He was 21 of 27 from the field throwing the football last week. I like Iowa State to cover the minus three and a half. And then, and that's on Saturday, by the way, so you got to wait till Saturday for that. But lock that minus three and a half in right now. My second game is going to be Philly's Moneyline first five. They're playing the Brewers. Eric Lauer is on the mound. Eric Lauer has been better in the second half of the season. He's coming off a decent start against the Giants in which he actually lost. Um, and the Phillies are hot right now, dude. And they bat better against lefties than they do against anybody else. And the Brewers aren't a good offensive team at home. Willie Adamas, who's their best hitter, arguably all season, is on the DL. I like the Philadelphia Phillies' first five money line here. Nice. I like that as well. He's uh, he's basically at a four ERA. Um, you know when he's uh, when he's pitching at home. So yep. like that call there. Definitely like that call. Sweet. So we've gotten kind of through the the sports section of the podcast. Now we got to move back to the beer. And I had some some great beers. I'm stoked to talk about these. Um, but I'm to be honest, oh, I'm yeah. really more excited to talk about uh, about your fly jack. Um, that's that literally is my favorite locale, low percentage beer. Um, that's kind of out on the market right now, at least from the big, uh, bigger breweries. Um, and it doesn't help that, uh, you know, Firestone is, is one of my favorites as well. Um, so let me know what you thought about that one. It's good, man. It's definitely, like you said, it's definitely a beer that you could drink every day. It's easy to drink. Mm -hmm. Right. And the flavor is good. Um, you know, it doesn't have like that true sense of like hazy IPA. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because of that, I'm going to dock it. So I would definitely drink it. I would definitely buy it again. But because it's like a beer, I mean, I won't even know if I could find this tomorrow, to be honest. But I probably, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Good beer, Ooh. easily drinkable. Oh. But when I want a hazy IPA, that's not a hazy IPA. True. Uh, I like yeah, Firestone. I buy that. I buy that. My second beer, this new Belgium 1985 IPA. This is good, dude. This is solid. And New Belgium is a great, you know, as you know, Ben, the Voodoo Ranger series, they they nail IPAs. It's what they do very well. This is definitely something, like, I'm going to go to the store tomorrow and buy, like, a 12-pack of this. Sweet. Because then I'll have this, some this weekend. So Exactly. This is a good beer, dude. This is good beer. I would definitely drink this again. I'm going to give it a 4 
out of five. Okay. So I, I, I 50, 50 agree with that segment here. Um, the Belgian Voodoo Ranger beers are good, but in my opinion, New Belgium isn't one of the best breweries. So not so one of the best, but I'm saying they like kill IPAs, and they're one of the bigger, like yeah, one of the bigger. What do you say, like uh, micro breweries? Even though they're not micro anymore, they're like more macro. Yeah, but they're one of the bigger craft breweries in the country. Them, Sierra Nevada, Firestone. I'm sorry, Fat Tire sucks. I know it's my opinion. I know I'll get some hate for that, but Fat Tire sucks. Uh, fat Tire sucks. I, I mean, it that's sucks the, now compared to... It sucks compared in the sense that, like, now there's so much beer out there and, like, they've perfected the science. Like, that's an old recipe, dude. You know what I mean? Like... I like fat tire. It just depends on the situation. Like it's not something I would drink every day. It's not something I would drink. But oh, okay. All I, right. How was yeah, your beers? Not a fan. Um, shout me out on that, New Belgium. Um, my beers were great. Um, maybe not the highest percentages. Um, their highest uh ranks that we were we give out, but uh. They were good quality beers. Um, the first one I had was the Bunny with the Chainsaw from uh, Paperback Brewing. Uh, this was my favorite out of the two. Um, his cuteness will definitely cut you into pieces, um, especially at that 8.2%. Um, it was a little bit high of a, an alcohol. You could taste it in probably the first two to three sips. But then after that, um, you know, that, that high alcohol percentage kind of mellowed out um, and you were really able to get to the beer. Um, it was a, a nice, crisp, and clear beer, even though it was a hazy IPA. Um, I'm not going to dock it, though, because I think that added to the beer itself. Um, it definitely nice. was not, you know, that that cloudy, you know, beer like you get with a hazy, but it didn't make you feel like you were eating a loaf of bread. Um, so That's or always good. Loaf of bread. So uh, with this, the bunny with a chainsaw i'm going to give a 4.25 um this was a this was definitely one that i'm going to get they also have a um another bunny with a chainsaw what's it called hold on sorry uh they have some great beers uh it's called go blue bunny with a chainsaw and that's tropical berries um uh hazy ipa and hazy double ipa uh, which i definitely want to be keeping an eye out for um, really though go check out their website go check out their beers they've got some great names some great can arts and um, i really and like this brewery's direction. not paying us by the way so no they're not that's free I, promo I, which if if we give out free promo that means it's good yeah it's uh they've got some really cool can art i really like what they're doing it's all a little dark um and yeah, I, I really want to try this Go Blue Honey with a Chainsaw, um, and it kind of has more of a baseball theme to it. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that one. Uh, maybe ask my uh, my local local bottle shop to uh, to kind of search for that and uh, maybe order some of that. Um, it's good having friends. Uh, the second beer is the Flat Earth, um, and this was the Masthead Brewing Company um, out of Cleveland. 
Um, this was one that was, this was a heavy beer. This was thick. It was 8%. Um, you didn't necessarily, you couldn't taste that 8%, but, um, you know, I'm after an 8.2 and an 8%, I'm definitely feeling myself. Um, Ooh. it did have a stupid amount of hops. Um, so the description was on point. Um, great can art. I'm going to give this one a four out of five. It was, it was just a little too heavy for me as a, a double IPA. It, it's just not necessarily my jam. Um, I love the smell of it. The taste was good, but um, you're, you're drinking a loaf of bread. I, I hate to use that same analogy, um, but this one was, you know, this one was heavy. Um, so you can only drink a single beer of this. And, you know, if you're going with number two, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be feeling it for sure. Um, you know, after, after the end of the night, so four to five, still good. Um, I'd still get it again. I'd love to try it on tap, but, uh, wasn't necessarily my favorite double IPA, especially when I was drinking bunny with a chainsaw. So nice. So good. Still, still good. But really, I'm stoked to stoked to try those uh, those Vegas breweries when we're going out there this weekend. I know um, you know we've hit Tavour. I'm sorry, we've hit Tanaya. Um, we've hit uh, Atomic Definitely Duck. Beer Zombies. We're we're gonna be hitting Beer Zombies. We're gonna be going to a couple more out there um, this weekend, which I am I'm stoked to do um, because it's really it, it's all about trying new beers, trying new breweries, and. Uh, and really supporting your local local brewery. So please go out there and do that. Um, brewers put a lot of effort into these beers and uh, it really is a science. So give them the credit that they deserve. Um, while you're there, make sure you tell the brewers that this shit is the bomb. Um, and if you don't like it, hey, that's okay too. Um, you know, it's, it's your personal taste there, but uh, at least go out and support. That's the big thing. But thank you everybody. Thank you for listening to the Taproom Sports Podcast. It was a, uh, a decently long one tonight, but uh, we had a lot to talk about. Always a lot to talk about with sports. Um, so make sure to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can check out our Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. You can check out Jordan's, which is at Jordan Rules TSP. Or on Facebook, just search Taproom Sports Podcast. Or you can visit our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com. Make sure to be checking things out uh, this week. We've got a huge announcement coming out on Thursday, um, and then we're going to be doing a um, you know a giveaway this weekend, um, starting with the NFL season, running through the first what well, I think we said three weeks um, through September. Um, we're going to be giving away some great stuff. Uh, make sure to check that out. We're going to be putting out stuff on our social medias. Um, I don't want to give it away yet because. We gotta make you wait. Definitely gotta make you wait. But it is it is worth it. Um, definitely worth it. So keep an eye out. Make sure to check us out on APR on Thursdays, as Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie Martin uh, to talk about the you know the week one of you know this NFL season. We're going to be breaking down each and every one of those games um, and uh, and let you know where you should uh, where you should put your money. Um, We've got Square Sharks out multiple times a week where Jordan and I discuss a few games that we build a best bet or two from those games. Um, really what what is looking good and we deep dive into that. Make sure you uh, let us know which games you want to hear and we will put that onto, your, onto the podcast. But uh, that's it for Jordan City. Oh, hey. 
That's steady Eddie Martin. <laughs> yeah, For Jordan, yeah, yeah. stacks on stacks on stacks slides. I'm looking yeah, at Steady Eddie with the, uh, the APR name here. But for Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks slides. For me, Big Ball and Ben Larson, we will see y'all later this week. Make sure to check out our social medias. It's going to be some great, great, great announcements. Have a good week, y'all.